0: Welcome to the Play Piano by Ear podcast. I'm really excited about today's episode. I'm going to cover a few different things. One is just going to be some life updates. Second thing is going to be a topic that I'm really excited about, and that is how to make a song sound like a continuous flow of music as you're playing while you're making it up on the spot. And then I'm going to end with a fun student story about teaching pitch and teaching um, treble versus bass, high versus low, and this is something that happened last week that was just really cool. So life updates for beginning the podcast. I haven't forgotten about the podcast. (laughs) I've been a little bit busy, and I'm still thinking long-term for this, so I'm not going to give up on it, but things that have happened lately, um, I got a keyboard that I'm really pleased with and I have started to record some music. So I've been recording straight into my computer and I wanna get some of the music out there. I just did a business photo shoot, which, oh, so excited about. This was something I wanted to do for the past two years. And what we did, um, I got a photographer. She did a fantastic job. And we went out into a field And I brought my keyboard out there, I brought a couple benches, and then asked two of my piano students to model for the photo shoot, and we basically had a piano lesson session out here in the field, and the photographer took pictures of us, then we got some pictures uh, just with the piano, and it was fantastic, gorgeous evening, perfect weather, and it was so much fun. So I'm going to be getting those out soon as well on my website which is going to be when it's up and running. It's not up and running yet, but once it's up and running, it'll be www.melodiesbymorgan.com. So, a couple of those updates been getting some music recorded, been getting some photos. Just got the photos done. Um and I've been teaching lessons this summer. I'm going to do launch a piano camp for young students. So this is students age of six to 12 and we're just going to do a whole bunch of music things. It's going to be a virtual piano camp right now. Currently it's only offered to my students, but uh, I'm excited to see how that goes. And let's see other updates. Um, Okay, so this is cool. I don't think I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but one thing that really prohibited me from playing piano a lot and just practicing in general was an injury that I had had. And I had chronic pain for like eight years in my hand. And I, last year, started learning a lot about God's will to heal and that he healed 2000 years ago when he died for our sins he also paid the price for our healing and anyway I just learned so much about his will to heal and um, that really he's already done it he's already paid the price he's already given us this package we just have to receive it and I've been practicing piano pain-free it has been awesome so I've been practicing my music again getting back into playing Debussy it has been so much fun and just playing for hours and hours. I'll sit down at the piano and just play as much as I want to. My injury is doing great. Um, I'm regaining all the range of motion back, and my fingers don't crack because I guess they're just so flexible anyway, because I play piano so much. But this one particular finger that I had injured, it was kind of stuck with not being able to move all the way. Anyway, I've been regaining that, all of that range of motion back, so that has been fantastic. And yeah, those are my updates. So now, let's just jump in to the topic of today. And this is how to make your music sound like a a continual flow while you're making up a song on the spot. And the reason why I'm so excited about this episode is because I've been practicing this while I've been recording the music that I've been making. By the way, there is one song that's already out. It's on my YouTube channel. If you Google Morgan Showalter, it's called Joy. And I put some music and Bible verses with it. So that song was really fun. I'm hoping to do it as well as the next one. So how to make your music sound like a continual flow or like a, basically like a song even though you're making it up on the spot. And I've found this to be a good challenge. It's been a bit motivating because when I hit record to record this music, I don't really wanna go back and redo if I play a wrong note. I'm not striving for perfection, even though it'd be nice if it was all perfect. I'm just gonna record and publish as is. (laughs) So I'm still working on getting the quality up to where I'd like it, but as far as what I'm actually playing. If you're going to do improv, then that means you might try a chord progression or you might do a note that you're not 100% sure if it's gonna work out. So how do you take that and flow with it and just continue to move on? If you're like, like literally, I've been playing, improvising, recording on the spot and I'll play a note and go, whoops, oh boy. (laughs) Gotta work myself out of this one, you know, and, and end up in a different key or something. So, the first thing I would say, if you want your music to just sound like a continual flow while you're making your song, number one, and number most important, is you have to establish a sense of rhythm, and the rhythm has got to top everything. (laughs) In other words, if you're playing along, and you either have to choose keep up the rhythm, or play the right note. I would say keep up the rhythm. Even if it means you accidentally play the wrong note, you've got to keep the rhythm. That's what makes a song sound like a song. That's what makes it sound like you know what you're doing. Basically like when you hear someone play guitar and let's say they're strumming a chord progression, when they strum that chord progression, they are keeping maintaining that sense of rhythm. And I I really haven't taken guitar lessons. I know how to play some chords on the guitar. But to my untrained ear, (laughs) my untrained ear when it comes to guitar, when I hear someone play chords, if they're, I wouldn't say like a complete beginner, but let's just say they know chords, but they don't know classical music. If they're maintaining a good rhythm, I'll be like, whoa, they're good at guitar, that's awesome. And if you take someone, maybe they've spent years and years and years of their life playing guitar, but they play through their chords, I'll go, oh wow, that sounds like a good song too. In other words, I won't be able to tell, <laughs> maybe, you, maybe you can tell a little bit of a difference, but as long as someone's maintaining rhythm, you're not gonna really tell much of a difference between someone who's playing good rhythm, who maybe has just been playing chords for two years versus someone who's super duper skilled, been playing for such a long time and is playing that same chord progression using the same rhythm. As long as they're each maintaining rhythm, it's going to sound like they know what they're doing, to a degree, if you can see the general point I'm trying to make. Um, So when it comes to piano, one thing you can practice when it comes to this is just keeping a steady beat, a steady tempo. This happens, I didn't realize how much I count. I I count like all the time (laughs) when I'm playing music and honestly, Other times in life as well. I was taking a hike with some friends one time, this was a few years ago, and we were going from the bottom of the hill over to this other building, but it was kind of up over a hill and through a little bit of woods, and we finally got to where we were going. All of a sudden, I realized I was. At like number 57 of, of the steps that I took I was like I'm literally counting my footsteps right now this is, <laughs> and I wasn't even trying it just happened um, you have got to get counting so ingrained in your playing that you can focus on two things at once so you're gonna be focusing on the counting as well as your chord progression and what you're playing the counting has just got to be built into your playing. Um okay, so once you have rhythm, once you have counting, and by the way, if you want to get better at your rhythm, just Google online metronome, and the first thing that pops up is a metronome, which you just press play, and it just beeps, like beep, 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 consistent speed, and you can adjust it, you can move this little bubble, it changes colors, I can't remember if I've mentioned it on here before, oh, it is so much fun, my students love it, and of course then they want to see how fast can it go and it goes all the way into the red all the way over to the right it's like beep 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 beep. and then they got to see how slow it goes and so bpm is beats per minute and i think the online metronome goes to like 120 beats per minute as the fastest or no it might go faster than that i can't remember and then the slowest is 40 beats per minute and 40 beats per minute okay just to give reference a watch ticks at 60 beats per minute so 40 is quite slow and we just have a lot of fun with it but what I love to do is give them the pen and I say okay you're gonna tap your music notes to this rhythm so if it's let's say quarter note quarter note half note quarter note quarter note half note then that's gonna be um, one two three four one two three four they're gonna be tapping in line with that speed. And then I'll say, okay, let's choose a new speed. Inevitably, they always choose the fastest. I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. And that one is usually kind of a flop because, (laughs) um, it takes practice to go that fast, but I like to let them see the parameters of how fast they can go, how slow they can go. Then I'm like, okay, choose another speed and they go as slow as they can go. And honestly, going at the 40 beats per minute has seemed to be pretty helpful just in learning how to establish a certain rhythm because they're waiting for that beep. And then when it happens, they, they tap their note. Now, it's too slow to really work with very well. But then I say, okay, now choose a speed you think you can actually play. <laughs> and then once they choose a reasonable speed, then that's where they really start to establish that sense of rhythm. So that's just a great method to start establishing rhythm. Just play with the metronome. So that's the first thing when it comes to keeping your song flowing um, as far as playing by ear. The second thing I would say... Oh, hang on. I'm going to take a sip of coffee. So the second thing I would say is just really get comfortable with your chord progressions. Ideally, let me just show you, like, present the idealistic goal. Ideally, you would be... Comfortable enough with your chord progressions to know your three major chords, the one, four, and five chords in all 12 major keys on the piano, as well as each of those relative minor chords. And this comprises six of the diatonic chords of each key. Also, ideally, you would know the relative or the minor scales and then be able to know what chords go in your minor scales as well. So cool thing, if you're in a minor key, it's gonna be the same chords as your relative major key. So if you're in F major, your major chords are F, B flat, and C. Your relative minor chords are D minor, G minor, and A minor. In the key of F's relative minor, so in the key of D minor, D minor is F's relative minor, the D minor chords, the minor 1, the minor 4, the minor 5, 7, is the same, D minor, G minor, A minor, and then the major chords are also the same, F, B flat, and C. It just is basically what chord you come back to. So if you keep coming back to the D minor and your song sounds really minor-y and, like, sad, you're in a minor key. If you keep coming back to the major key, your song's in a major key. So knowing your chords inside and out, is just so important because when you're playing by ear, you're just looping around all these chords. Basically, you could either, you could start with your three major chords. So you take your circle of fifths, circle any three chords that are next to each other, like right beside each other. Your center chord is your key. Your other two chords are the chords you can play. And then just loop in and out of those chords. And by loop in and out of those chords, play your chord with your right hand and an octave in your left hand set a steady beat, start to do some finger patterns. This is where the importance of scales comes in and understanding music theory. And um, ah, that reminds me of another episode. I don't think I'm gonna go into that route in this episode, but what music theory is, how, how music theory would be divided. That'd be a really fun episode for another day. But what you're doing in playing a song by ear, making sure that it's flowing, is making a steady beat, steady rhythm, and then weaving in and out of these chords. You can see this a lot too in classical music. The composers did a lot of playing with scales so many scales in classical music, and a lot of chords as well. And so it's just very, very important to know your chords. Okay, the third thing that I love to do, and the thing that was was pretty helpful, honestly, is taking a melody that you are already familiar with and practicing that. And I would still call this playing by ear. Basically what happens is you get all of these melodies memorized and then you, you kind of know what to play to get the sound you want. And you have a lot of patterns memorized. One of my students is, uh, I think six years old. Actually maybe eight, I don't know, ah. So one of my students is young. and And I will tell this student, okay, now let's play your song by ear, whatever one we're playing. And this is one that she's been doing for quite a number of weeks. And we've just been working on different patterns, all sorts of different things to do. She's already using the pedal. No, I think she's definitely older than six. Okay. She's already using the pedal and doing left-hand octave patterns. Okay, that was a Mustang. Did you hear that? I'm driving. So um, so that she, she's using octave patterns and not really reaching an octave. She can't reach an octave yet. I think she can reach a sixth or a seventh, but she's jumping. So she's jumping with her hand and the pedal is carrying that over. And then right hand's doing a melody. And honestly, she's got the melody pretty much memorized, but we've been working on a whole bunch of different things. And I think it, it really builds confidence to choose a song that you want to do. And to stick with it for a while. In fact my favorite song of all time, Come Thou Fount, I love this song. I used to just practice and practice and practice this song because it has some odd jumps that are kind of unnatural to just know what note to go to on the piano and I just had to memorize what note to go to. Now that's still playing by ear but yes I do have some of it memorized as far as what note to jump to. So Go with a melody that you already know, figure it out, and then learn how to put the chords with that melody. That's another topic for another podcast. How do you know what chords go with what note in your melody? That's like intense theory lesson. (laughs) But one other thing that in terms of choosing a melody that you already know, I took a couple lessons with someone um, that I actually met on Instagram and he was like, I will give you a piano lesson. I was like, "Woohoo! wow, okay, thank you. And so he taught me some things as far as playing by ear and it was very fascinating, just some, some patterns that I really hadn't seen before on the piano. And this was so fascinating because after I learned these patterns, I was able to weave them into my so-called impromptu playing. And I think what impromptu playing is, is just a lot of different melodies and patterns that you have memorized in your head, and then you go to the piano, and you mesh them all together, and weave in and out of these patterns and these chord progressions, and it turns into a song, as long as you stay on tempo, and you keep a consistent beat going. And that's, that's what I love to do. Sometimes you'll find, once you get comfortable and you're playing through these chord progressions, you'll find new melodies just kind of pop out right at you. And you go, whoa, where'd that come from? I like that melody. And it was just a melody that came as you were playing with some chords. And those, I love to whip out my phone and record them real quick and just save them. Um, because I think it's been maybe over 10 years. I started doing this like 10 years ago. Whoa. Um, if I had a melody that I really liked, I would go either grab my computer or whatever I could get my hands on to record it. And I would record it. Cause my, my thought was one day I'm going to turn this into a song and I'm going to record it and get it professionally recorded. And so I just kept saving up like hundreds of these little melodies and just experimenting with things on the piano. Okay, and then number four, number four thing that I would say is important when you're making a song just flow. This has to do with making your songs sound different from one another. So one thing you might run into is that all your songs kind of sound the same, and to a degree, all of your songs are gonna sound like you. You're gonna have your own certain style, but also to a degree, you wanna branch yourself out and see if you can create different moods and different expressions. Now, one thing that I found very fun to do is to use something else as inspiration for music. And this could be if I am, well, for example, If you're going through a certain emotion, like let's say you're really glad for some reason one day, oh, let's say like something great happened, you might want to go and write a song and see what kind of song you can come up with. On the flip side, let's say you're having a really hard day and you're struggling and it's like a really sad day for whatever reason. I found music to be very healing in those days to write a song that encapsulates that emotion and conveys it. I was actually talking with a friend yesterday. Was it yesterday? Or no, it was two, two days ago. And we were talking about pain in life and and hard things that people go through. And we were talking about how art and music and beauty relates to going through hard things in life. One thing that she said that I thought was very fascinating I had told her, I was like, you know, I've just found art such as writing poetry or writing music to be very healing in the whole process of if you're going through pain, even just expressing it can bring some sort of healing to it. And she said, you know, um, the way that she worded it was Christianity is the only religion like out of all the other (laughs) religions that... Um, I think she worded it a little better than this, but I'm just going to do my best, that says it's okay to record your pain. And the reason for that is is because Christianity is the only religion that offers some sort of hope and redemption from that pain. Whereas any other religion, like, that's the end-all, be-all. So if you're stuck in a bad place, you are stuck in a bad place. Whereas with Christianity, God can take our ashes and turn it into beauty and he can take what's broken and, and use it in a way we never thought possible. And there's even a Bible verse. I wish I knew the reference because it'd be really cool to put the reference in here as well. But there's a Bible verse that I think it's in the Psalms. It talks about how God has stored all of my tears in a bottle. You should Google it. Um, the Psalm about you have stored each of my tears in your bottle. It might even be in Psalms or Job. I'm not sure which one. But all of a sudden, like this click happened. I was like, whoa, that's it. Even, even God in writing scripture took time to record instances of pain and joy. I mean, there's a lot of intense joy recorded in the Bible and there's also a lot of intense pain recorded in the Bible. And it's interesting that there's redemption and there's hope through hard things that people go through so that's just one powerful thing that happens in terms of music and that's also one reason why I'm passionate about playing by ear and about teaching others to do it as well I think it can be something that's very very healing and um, that's important healing is important so Talking about having your songs have variety. (laughs) Wow, that got really deep really quick. But you can use different emotions and try to express different emotions. You can also, one thing, not quite as deep and heavy, as that um, previous um, sentence. But one thing you can also do, and then I'm going to get to a student story, is you can take some other form of art whether it is a painting or a book you're reading something and try to express it in music so i did this a while ago i just googled beautiful acrylic paintings i'm fascinated with acrylics and i found these gorgeous paintings and then i i tried to express them with some songs and some of the most original pieces came from that. There's this one that I'm, this song I'm excited about putting out. It's called Girl on a Swing. (laughs) And the reason it's called Girl on a Swing is because it's this picture of this um, silhouette of this girl swinging on this beautifully um, silhouette of a tree with this bright sunset behind her. And I just loved this picture, I loved that it encapsulated the freedom and the joy that I could just see coming from this girl's soul, even though it was just a silhouette, I could just get this sense of just, ah, just glad to be alive in that moment from this picture. So I played what I felt when I saw the picture, and ooh, a really fun song came from that. And it was a song that was joyful, but in a minor key. So that's kind of cool. There was this other picture of a frog. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to see if I can make a song that sounds like a frog. And (laughs) that was a lot of fun. Oh, there was another one that had a rain and a drizzly night. So I made a song about rain. That was just a a creative way to try to branch myself out a bit. Um, So yeah. Some fun ways to make your music sound like it's this continuous song, even as you're making it up. Some fun ways to branch yourself out, get creative. I think it's always important to keep expanding your comfort zone. Once you're comfortable in something, it's part of your comfort zone, so that doesn't count anymore. You got to push further. Um, And then the fun student story, this is something that happened last week. And it was when I was teaching a beginner student pitch at the piano. And if you play piano, then you know that as you sit down, the notes to the to your right are higher in pitch, and then the notes to your left are lower in pitch. And it was interesting because every time I've taught this to young students, or even to adults, well, mainly, mostly to young students. I mainly teach, I've mainly taught younger students. I do teach adults as well. But every time I've taught this, like, are these, do these notes sound high or do these notes sound low? And I'll play a group of notes. Usually, kids have answered the complete opposite. Like, I'll play notes up in the treble clef up toward the right and they'll be like, that's low? I'm like, no, that's high. <laughs> and then I'll play notes way down low in the bass clef to the left like, is this high or is this low? They're like, um, high? Like, um, no, that was low. <laughs> and eventually they get it. But there was something, a way that we approached this concept for this student that she just nailed it the first time. Woo, so excited about this. So the way that that happened was rather than jumping in and just teaching straight at the piano keys, like here, I'm playing some notes. Are these high or low? I just did it in terms of singing and in terms of pitch so I asked her I was like hey have you heard a song that's really high like maybe a song is right up here and maybe people sing it up here is this song high she's like well yeah that song's high and I'm like okay what if people sing a song down here is this song low she's like yeah that's a low song like okay what if someone sings right here she's like well that's in the middle so then we just did a few more examples, and then I said, "Okay, now which direction am I going? Am I singing from low to high or high to low?" La 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 la. She's like, oh, that's low to high." I'm like, "Okay, how about this one?" Bum 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 bum. She's like, "That's going lower." Then I said, "Okay, now what about these keys, or what about this?" And I just played some notes close together, just like bum 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 bum. bum down Pretty low. She's like, Oh, well, that's low. And then I played some notes up higher, and because we had done it in terms of pitch right at first, she was able to translate that into understanding um, high and low on the piano keys, and then understanding that the notes to her right were higher, the notes to her left were. Or lower. So it was just really fun to approach it first in terms of pitch and then go from there and apply it to the piano keys. And I was so excited about that. I just wanted to share it, but that is all I have for today's episode, life updates, how to make your song sound like it's continually flowing when you're making it up on the spot and then a really fun student story. Okay. All for now. Have a great day.